Hello, welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja, and today I'll attempt to answer a question which was emailed to me by someone from Sweden. But I'm sorry, I accidentally deleted the message, so I couldn't write you back. But as the next best thing, I've decided to record a response to your question and I apologize for not writing back. Um, so the question was, what's the difference between post-colonial theory and post-colonial criticism? It's an interesting question because most of the times, uh, due to our training, we think of these as two separate practices, maybe, or terms. But obviously, both are connected. Now, simply stated, post-colonial theory is the body of work, philosophical and theoretical, written and recorded by all those who have tried to theorize how our colonial identity is formed, what's the relationship between colonizer and the colonized, what, how to think about colonial history, bodies of knowledge, they are informed by works of Edward Said, how to teach global cultures correspondingly to different cultures. All of this is the body of work of theory which tries to articulate and theorize the post-colonial experience in the past, in the contact phase, pre-colonial past, right? That's the body of work that we study in order to understand how to think about the 19th and 20th century colonialism and even the earlier mercantile colonialism. Post-colonial criticism in literary studies would then be any form of reading literary texts or the archive or the governmental documents, right, or even the monuments with those theoretical underpinnings in mind, right? So the editors of uh, key concept in post-colonial studies have a full term on what they call post-colonial reading, right? And their uh, opening sentence is, a way of reading and rereading texts of both metropolitan and colonial cultures to draw deliberate attention to the profound and inescapable effects of colonization on literary production, anthropological accounts historical records, administrative and scientific writing. So a post-colonial reading or post-colonial criticism would then could then also be a form of reading that looks at a text produced by European authors during the colonial times and then challenges its traditional canonical readings by the European critics and scholars themselves, or its reception. For example, A Passage to India, Ian Foster's, you know, incredibly popular novel could be read from the British point of view, right, in terms of the British experience with the Orient, with India. But a post-colonial reading of it would be reading the main characters Indian main characters and how they are represented, right? Uh, similarly, the way the, the Panditji is represented, juxtaposed with our Muslim main character, you know, one is deeply stereotypical representation of a Hindu, right? 
that would be post-colonial criticism. Of course, the ideal example of it is um, Chinua Achebe's claims and reading of Heart of Darkness, and also the European canonical readings of Heart of Darkness, and people still perform them, would be, oh, this is not about Africa. This is about the disintegration of a European mind away from civilization, right? That's a very Eurocentric view of reading the novel. But the post-colonial reading, or the post-colonial criticism focused as it is, by Achebe is how the Africans are represented. What kind of an image of Africa comes out of it? By the way, I have a whole video on it. You can watch it. But so that is post-colonial criticism. What does it involve? Achebe's understanding of what constitutes humanity. So that's where theory comes in. What is a fully realized subject? A subject who can speak. Now he takes that theoretical concept and then criticizes Heart of Darkness for lack of that kind of representation. Now the editors of Key Concepts also inform us that another form of post-colonialism or post-colonial criticism or reading could also be where you pick up the major tropes of Western civilization or metropolitan cultures, right? And you take you point to the silences within that, right? What kind of silences? Where it is not acknowledged that something that they are representing as a purely European construction, as a purely European achievement, you give a lineage of influences that they might have borrowed or that might have come in into that art form from the colonies. For example, Achebe's example of the masks from Africa that eventually become part of modernist cubist movement. If you want to go early, right, or in the earlier periods, you know, the entire body of medical knowledge in Europe, the humoral medicine and everything else, you know, there was a lot of influence from Bueli Sina, from Ibn Sina, right? Um, that is another post-colonial reading, insertion of claims to truth or claims to civilizational exclusivity, complicating them by inserting silenced knowledges into truth claims, right? And that's where, uh, you know, Foucault is really, really important and useful, his, especially his speech or lecture about um, the juxtaposition of buried or bruised knowledges against the established dominant knowledge. So in so many ways, post-colonial criticism then also retrieves what is silenced, what is bruised knowledge, what is not considered official enough or respectful enough, and then infusing the project of reason or project of Europe or whatever with that knowledge, proving that that knowledge has always been a part of the mainstream knowledge. So, to cut this answer short, post-colonial theory, of course, is the body of is is the is a body of philosophical and theoretical works about questions of identity, feminism questions of class identity, questions of the colonial experience itself, nationalism, the nationalist movement, 
how to think about human subjectivity, right? All of these are the theoretical issues that the theorists and the philosophers of post-colonial origins or post-colonial bend of mind come up with. Post-colonial criticism is a criticism that uses that information, that knowledge, and attempts to articulate new ways of reading text and new ways of dealing with reality, dealing with art, but also sometimes challenges the canonical readings of the text and forces the reader or encourages the reader to read it differently, read it from the perspective of those whose points of view have been silenced, erased, and then form opinions about a text, opinions about a body of work, or even opinions about political actions and political belief systems. So this roughly, in my opinion, is the distinction between theory and criticism itself. But remember, there is no separation between theory and, 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 and practice and criticism. You know, they go hand in hand, right? That's why Deleuze famously could claim that theory is praxis, and of course, that's what Freire teaches us as well, Paulo Freire, that, you know, theory, reflection, and action, an act of reading the text differently combined, develop a praxis, and that praxis would be post-colonial, critical scholarship, critical thinking, post-colonial criticism. Thank you. I hope this answers your question and enables you to think further about these issues. As always, please take care of each other, be generous and kind, and I will now see you next time. Until then, as always, peace and love.